Hello, everyone. In this episode, we will dive deep into the Eastern Conference offseason and figure out which unhappy superstar is on the move next. Welcome to Dimes. We are back for episode two of the Dimes Pod. I am joined, as always, by JR. JR, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. My name's Carter. Again, for those new listeners, shout out to all of you. We were super happy to see the numbers trickle in over this past week of the listeners. Not trickle, flood. It was a mighty flood of listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the episode, please rate us on Spotify. Apple Music, Amazon Music, almost wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, maybe share it. Follow us on Twitter at DimesPod. And if you want to attack us or compliment us, but don't want to do it in a public forum, email us, old school, DimesPod at gmail.com. Don't worry, I'm going to say that a bunch of times throughout the rest of this episode. <laughs> JR, we've had a long off season and it still continues. We got Durant, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, and Russell Westbrook futures all up in the air. I'm going to talk a little bit about these guys, but first, which one of these four situations, we'll call them, do you think is going to be resolved first? I think that Donovan Mitchell is going to get resolved first because there's kind of a best option for the Jazz, right? They don't necessarily want to keep this guy unless they really feel like they can also like make a trade for someone else, but they've already shipped everyone out. They should, it should just follow that he'd be next. So I'd say that would probably happen pretty soon. I kind of agree. There have been reports already about the Knicks and Mitchell is essentially a done deal is what we've seen. And that one seems extremely logical. So we're going to talk about all four of these guys and we'll start with Mitchell. So seems like they have kind of agreed on, hey, this is going to happen. It's just, how much are we going to give up? The Knicks only want to give like four or five picks, and Danny Ainge and the Jazz want seven. Now, we both feel picks are essentially worthless, (laughs) but seven is a lot. Seven is a ton. You're just like basically saying, I don't need any young players for a whole decade. (laughs) Would there be, as a Knicks fan, JR, would there be anything that you would throw your body in front of to stop this trade? Like if they said, we're going to include RJ Barrett, would you care? Um, no, not really. I, <laughs> okay. I love RJ Barrett. I think he's, uh, in some games, our best, the best player on the Knicks, um, mm-hmm. even over Randall, who had a little bit of a down year last year. But I think Donovan Mitchell is really good. I think he kind of needs a change of scenery. I think everyone on those jazz teams needs a change of scenery. So I think (laughs) on the Knicks, he'll have a comeback player of the year kind of year if that award existed. (laughs) So that one is the most logical. It makes sense. The Knicks are willing to take a risk on the superstar. Donovan Mitchell gets to move to a big market. They get this explosive guard. They have him and Jalen Brunson. I mean, 
there's no way they trade Brunson and there's no way that the Jazz would want Brunson or Randall. RJ Barrett still up in the air possibly, but Mitchell would kind of take that Barrett role and definitely if RJ Barrett stayed on the team would diminish his value. So maybe the Knicks do trade them Barrett if the Jazz even want him or if they just want those picks and picks and picks and picks. We'll see. So that one seems like the most locked up or definitely the one that's like, he cannot just be on this team next year because the Jazz have decided to tank. Right. Like, could the Jazz turn back time and keep Mitchell on that team? I don't think so. I don't, and I don't think Mitchell wants that either. Like, I don't know how good friends he was with Gobert. I kind of, we kind of seem to have heard that that was a little rocky toward the end Mm -hmm. anyway, but like, even if they hadn't traded him away, kind of like we said, I think on last week's pod, that team was like cursed. So they really, everyone just needs to move on from both sides. Yeah. And cause there's a lot of pieces still left and without Rudy Gobert, like most of the squad is still there. They lost Royce O'Neal also. So it, it's not a real mix up yet <laughs> if they just get rid of Rudy. So Mitchell has no connection to Will Hardy. He really has no connection. Will Hardy, the new coach of the Jazz, he has no connection to Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge was on the Celtics, not drafting him whenever (laughs) Mitchell got drafted. So I agree. This one is a done deal. Let's stay in the East and let's go to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Tied together and yet so different in value. (laughs) Kevin Durant, four years left on his contract demanded a trade Kyrie Irving has not demanded a trade after he picked up that one-year deal so I know people are talking like there's no way they can trade Kyrie Irving but actually found one situation where I think it might work besides the Lakers I, I stared at the trade machine all day today folks and I know it's like oh this could happen if Westbrook comes back or maybe they don't even need Westbrook they do Horton Tucker and every other player on that team I just don't see that possibly working I just don't see it Kyrie Irving on your one year rental just a little test to the Dallas Mavericks this oh. has been mentioned before Luka Doncic can play with guards Spencer Dinwiddie Jalen Brunson and are actually pretty good Kyrie Irving has played with ball-dominant players before. James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. And it's not that hard. You do Spencer Dinwiddie, a return to Brooklyn, and one of, they get to pick, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, or Tim Hardaway Jr. Or you can do all three. If they don't want Dinwiddie, you can just get wing depth, the number one thing the Nets lacked, and get all three of Bullock, Finney-Smith, and Hardaway. Straight up for Kyrie Irving. And after the 26th season, the Mavs have all their picks. It's like there's no extra stuff attached to them. So you would want those picks to be after Kyrie Irving left in theory. So one, the Mavs get to just try out to see if Luki can play with Kyrie. And on the other hand, if it doesn't work, now your salary clap, your salary cap is much cleaner one year from now because Bullock, Finney Smith, Hardaway, and Dinwiddie all have contracts that extend past what Kyrie Irving's contract would stand. JR, did I just solve this problem? I think you just made the Mavs very happy franchise right here. Now it all comes down to 
do the Nets want those players who are not necessarily young? Would they rather just have picks? And they're also probably way more focused on the Durant trade. But that <laughs> fit for the Mavs, I mean, Kyrie has essentially been like a second option for his whole career, except for when he was on the Celtics. It's like he, maybe he doesn't want to do that anymore, but he is basically everywhere he's been, he's been totally okay and really good being a second option. Um, he likes to win games. He likes to play with smart guys. And, you know, Mark Cuban, he'll take a chance on a weirdo. He's pretty weird. So why not bring true. Kyrie Irving down to Dallas? Everyone says it, but it is true. You do get a salary bump. When you come down to Texas, no state tax. Brooklyn, got a lot of taxes over there. Now, maybe you don't want to put Kyrie Irving in a room with your superstar, Luka Doncic, but he seems like a steady guy. He wasn't um, changed by maybe the work habits of a Kristaps Porzingis. Well, that's true. (laughs) And I hear that uh, Luka Doncic, best shape of his life. He started working out immediately after the season ended, even when he went on vacations. Um, so I think that'd be a great pairing. I agree. Because I don't know where else he can go. Where in this, I don't, I can't remember this, a summer like this, where it's like there have been these guys with Irving, Durant, Mitchell, and even Westbrook, who does, is still talented, is can still contribute on an NBA court. He was probably in a bottom three situation for his production last year. Yeah. But these guys who are mega talented and you're just like, Oh, we just can't figure out a trade. There's like one team that works for each of these people. And like, maybe they need to be traded for themselves or for each other. Very odd spot. Durant is the pinnacle of this conversation. How, like if he wants to be traded, and everyone else thinks Durant is good. How is he not on another team yet? The Suns blew it by not trading Aiton. The Raptors deal has been sitting there. They have nothing waiting for them. Is there any other team besides the, I mean, the Suns are out of it because they can't trade Aiton at the beginning yeah. of the season. Is there someone besides the Raptors that you're, you've thought about or have been like, why hasn't this team been in the conversation or why don't they get talked about more? No, the, the, the Nets are just expecting this haul that everyone else in the league has kind of just gotten together and said, no, we're not paying that for Durant. We understand he's got a lot of years left on his contract, but he's like kind of old. He's been getting hurt almost every year. And like your asking price is way too high. They should have in hindsight, just done that Suns trade. But if you're not now that that's passed up, you could do look at the Celtics. I know they already said no to that, but you're not really going to get a better deal than what's already been like reported has been offered. Yeah. The reports that came out earlier today, we're recording this on Wednesday that Kevin Durant would prefer to go to the Celtics or Sixers. It's like, yeah, cool. That's great. That's a really cool preference that you would want to do. (laughs) But then the Nets asked for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum from yeah. the Celtics. And then they asked for Joel Embiid. It's like, exactly. The Nets are asking for what a uninjured 28 year old Kevin Durant would possibly be worth. Possibly. Yeah. Those teams still don't want to give up those players, but let me tell you, I have a trade Kevin Durant to the Chicago Bulls. Oh, for a superstar who has already been traded for another superstar previously in his career, DeMar DeRozan, 
Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams, and any amount of picks you want after 2026. <laughs> they have some holdups in uh, with the Magic and a couple other trades to the Spurs that are lightly protected. But if the Nets want to continue competing and continue to win games, which seems like they would want to do that, you have a young guy in Pat, and you got DeMar and Caruso. If you can't trade Kyrie, and again, they still have Ben Simmons on the team, whether or not he plays, we'll see. But that's not that bad of a squad. Kyrie, DeMar, Caruso, Ben Simmons, Patrick Williams. It's not a great squad. <laughs> it's not, it's not, <laughs> not going to win nothing. But if the Nets are just like, we refuse to lose, I think that's the best trade they can get. What do you think? Yeah, all the trades I was thinking because of their high asking price of like getting basically an MVP caliber player back, like in my mind, they're just asking for that and hoping to, that everyone is going to say no, obviously. And then they're like, fine, actually just give us every single one of your picks, right? Mm-hmm. But in the case that they don't want to like basically start over, DeMar DeRozan, as we talked about last week, is like a top 30 player in the league. Yes, <laughs> yes he is. <laughs> You know, he's on the decline, but like next year, he's probably still going to be pretty good. So if you can get Ben Simmons back on the court, like you said, like that team will win some games. And really this trade for me, if the Bulls haven't offered it yet, just see what the answer is. Because if the answer isn't like absolutely not, and there's some wiggle room, then you should try to do this. One, Kevin Durant, you get to be in Chicago. That's a nice place to live. It's a big city. The rest of their starting lineup is still Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Kevin Durant, Vucevic. You get one more wing, whether it's like Ayu Dusumo. Probably nailed that pronunciation. No need to edit that. (laughs) (laughs) Or any of the other wings on that squad. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. They also could go smaller and start Dragic, who just played with Durant in Brooklyn. That's more of a 2K trade, but I like it. I like the energy of that trade. If the Nets, if you want to not lose like 50 games, do that trade. And I like what you said. If they haven't offered it yet, I'm not exactly sure how NBA trades work, but I would assume that the Bulls can offer that trade. And let's just say the Nets say yes. The Bulls aren't locked into that trade if they are like, no, actually, we don't want Kevin Durant. They're like, <laughs> it's like, oh, just kidding. You said yes, got you. We're not doing that trade. Like, just every team should have an offer out. Yeah, I bet they have, probably. But, you know, who knows? The Bulls, not that great of an organization in the past few years. They have DeMar DeRozan on their team. So there's that. The last one, the stickiest, I don't know. It's a very sticky situation, just like all of them. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Darvin Ham says he hopes that Westbrook can shoot more corner threes. So has everyone from the history of ever <laughs> wanted yeah. that. He also says he's going to run the offense through Anthony Davis. I would say maybe give it to like one of the highest IQ basketball players of all time in LeBron James. But Darvin Ham, you went to Texas Tech, you probably got a great brain on your shoulders. Go Texas Tech. The only trade that makes sense for Westbrook is to the Pacers for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner and picks. And then the Pacers just don't play Turner. I think the Pacers are a little too good right now for a tanking season. They yeah. have a few too many NBA players with Buddy Heald, with um, 
like I said, Miles Turner. They have Chris Duarte, who, yes, who's in his second year, but he's like 24 years old already. He was a very old rookie. They have Halliburton, obviously, manning everything. But if you get rid of Heald, you get rid of Turner, then you really let everyone run free. And Matherin, their actual rookie, gets some more minutes. And, you know, you just eat Westbrook's salary for a year. Yeah, you kind of have to make the decision if you're the Pacers. Um, do you want to complete rebuilds? Or like you said, you have a couple pieces and you're not completely out of cap space. Like, do you want to maybe do something to make yourself good and try? Which the Pacers seem to always be a little bit better than everyone thinks they're going to be. Um, but yeah, if you're just like, I don't actually like any of these guys, like Buddy Heald, he's not young enough. Miles Turner, we've been trying to trade him for three seasons already. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll have Russell Westbrook. He can run around, turn the ball over as many times as he wants, and we'll get a good draft pick. There's also the, if Mitchell leaves the Jazz, how quickly that happens, the same thing, a similar type trade could happen with the Jazz. But I don't, like, and then they just sit Westbrook and they give him Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt or whatever the Jazz end up giving the Lakers. But one that can happen right now is that Pacers trade. And really, I don't know why it hasn't happened. I guess the Lakers don't want to give away their first round picks, see how few they can give away, which I guess is a good negotiating strategy. But after this, we will get into the Eastern Conference offseason review. We found ourselves in the part of the year that is the slowest of the NBA season. Still in free agency, but the big week has occurred and we're waiting for preseason to start. Most teams have settled down. There might be one or two more moves coming back. Um, but we are going to start at the bottom of the standings from last season and talk about each of the Eastern Conference teams, what they did, and we'll see if they are going to be better or worse. Just better or worse, quite simply. We're not putting anyone in tears today, folks. Yeah, better just, or worse than last season. That's all we care about. You see, you'll see, you get to see our process and how we build throughout the offseason to what we think about teams. First question, very simple. Where are we starting, JR? We are going to Florida, oh. starting with the Orlando Magic. Mm, what'd they do? <laughs> Well, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. So they've had a pretty quiet offseason so far. Really just added players from the draft. They had the first overall pick. Paolo. Paolo Banquero. And then they had the last pick of the first round. They drafted Caleb Houston. Houston. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, and they lost Robin Lopez. So they still oh. got a bunch of, you know, young guys, lost a veteran. Um, pretty quiet over there in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, they just added, like you said, Paolo. And I think it was good that they didn't try to add a lot more, a lot more veterans. Like the the team has oversigned, I think, in the past, the Magic have. But you gotta let the young guys breathe, because I still got Jalen Suggs and uh, Wagner, both of them from last year. <laughs> and 
Cole Anthony, who was the highest usage player on their team last year. Right. Got a lot of young guys. You don't really know which one of them is definitely going to pan out. So like you said, let them run, see who rises to the top. Uh, and I actually have a question for you. Which Orlando Magic youngster do you think is going to be the top dog and lead them in scoring this next season? Oh, man. I can give you some options. Please. Because we have a lot of young guys that I think could possibly do it. Cole Anthony, Mo Wagner, Markel Fultz, mm. the newbie Paolo, Jalen Suggs. Expect from those guys. Or other, if you if you like someone that I didn't mention. Well, I do want to shout out Franz Wagner, the guy who will probably be starting right next to Paolo, but I know Magic fans would probably want it to be Paolo, but I still think it's going to be Cole Anthony. And yeah. honestly, they need to get that guy out of there because I think we've we've saw his ceiling and everyone needs to breathe and he's sucking in a lot of air right now. Yeah, he he's really tried to assert himself as the top dog. He's like you said, the highest usage usage player. He was in the dunk contest, which was horrible. <laughs> Just like calm down, let the other guys get a little run. Because guess what? You're not really the top dog yet. Maybe you'll prove it this season, but like you're not really good enough to just take that from everyone else who's trying. I worry about the chemistry for the magic. It was hard for me, like when I was making my decision, better or worse. It was hard for me to say worse because they lost Robin Lopez and out and added Paolo. So it's like, okay, I have to say better, but I am very worried about the chemistry as your question was alluding. Yes. So final answer on the Orlando magic. I just have to say better because their talent increased by so much. That's, that's what I got, but I'm worried. I'm going to go with worse because Ooh. I think they're not going to be able to figure out who the top dog is because I think they're all not that great. <laughs> Which oh. brings us to our next team, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit and I Pistons. Forgot, <laughs> I forgot to say the record for the Magic, but they're going to be bad, so it doesn't matter. Last year, the Detroit Pistons went 23-59. and 59. And this offseason... This is what they've done. They've signed Kevin Knox via free agency and in a trade acquired Alec Burks, Snurlands Noel, and Kemba Walker, as well as drafted Jaden Ivey fifth overall and Jalen Duran 13th overall. So they've added some good players. And of course, their biggest loss was trading Jeremy Grant to the Blazers. Jeremy Grant and I have a very long history. <laughs> do tell when, when he was on the nuggets i was like okay whatever i don't care that this guy is gone i don't think he's gonna do anything so much so that when in one of our fantasy drafts shout out the fantasy pod coming out mondays one of our good friends chase drafted jeremy grant i said in an email to the entire league worst pick of the draft i remember he those. got him in like the fifth round and then he went on to have a much better fantasy season than the majority of players on my team that year. And he has thrived statistically on the Pistons. Now he's gone. Who's going to absorb those points? I don't know. 
not Alec Burks. <laughs> I would have to agree, not Alec Burks. So they kind of have a lot of young guys on their team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who is going to score those points? Who's going to lead the team? Cade Cunningham came out pretty strong last year. Some say should have been uh, rookie of the year. But my question for you is, how will these young guards mix with each other? Who's going to take the lead? How are they going to play together? Who's going to come off the bench between Ivy, Cunningham, Hayes, and others? Well, Hayes, I think he might actually start because Cunningham and Ivy, first and second year guards, are just going to have trouble playing defense. And especially with possibly a rookie center protecting the paint in Jaden, Jalen, <laughs> Jaden and Jalen, man, that's going to be hard all season for pace or Pistons fans. Like I think Hayes will start because the thing he is good at in the NBA is defense where Ivy, I think it's, it's smarter to bring him off the bench to give him more reps. They're not trying to win championships next year. They're just trying to win like 25 games, maybe. Right. Yeah. These offensive guys that like aren't good at defense and young, you want them to come off the bench, the spark plug position. Right. Right. And that's what Ivy should be. And just give him opportunities to kind of run the team without Cunningham. Yeah. And then maybe he's so good. You have no choice but to start him, but let's let him get there before we give him that starting spot. This team just has so many NBA players that I would consider like, Oh, cool. That guy. That is the reaction I would have. Like, just in a very like, oh, wow. Hopefully he's not playing for you when it's playoff time. Whether it's the guys they got from the Knicks, which is kind of a Knicks special. Uh, Alec Burks, Nerland Snowell, or Kemba Walker. Kevin Knox, who also was on the Knicks and then the Hawks, and now is on the Pistons in free agency. Like, two other franchises couldn't make Kevin Knox work. And... Right. They don't have Jeremy Grant anymore. Are they going to play Marvin Bagley at power forward? This cool. Might, yeah, this might be one of Bagley's last chances. Maybe he'll step it up because of that, but he hasn't really worked out. Everyone is just, I don't see a vet who's going to be like, let's get in line, fellas. And I really don't see like the idea of this team being great defensively at all. So because they lost Jeremy Grant, who was against all of my thoughts and wishes, a productive NBA player, and they didn't gain one of them. Ivy could be terrible, just percentage-wise in the first round. Like fifty percent are going to be not NBA players. Ivy could be in that percentage, so I have to give them a. They are going to be worse. Interesting. We disagree again. I think they are oh. going to be better. Not too hard to be better than the second worst team in the East. Just have to win 24 games this next season. <laughs> um, and also, I want to make sure I shout out Sadiq Bay. Shout out that 50-point game. Uh, <laughs> so I think we kind of figured out who's going to be doing the scoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. But he had such – that was a great game. But he was up and down all season. Like, I know you're making light, but, like, if his shooting from three gets cold – He can't do anything. Yeah. And he's not one of those guys that's like, if he just adds the three pointer to his game. So like, we don't know that that's only what he's been working on this off season. He's got to improve in a lot of areas. So he probably didn't get that much better at three point shooting. So I agree, but I got to go better. Moving right along to the Indiana Pacers. 
last season, they went 25 and 57. And to remedy that, they made a ton of moves this offseason. <laughs> um, they made some trades. They got Aaron Neesmith and Daniel Tice. And they lost Malcolm Brogdon, Ricky Rubio, Nick Stauskas, and TJ Warren were the big guys that they lost. Um, but they did draft Benedict Matherin, sixth overall. Great name about him. <laughs> I think it's a great name. Yeah. Don't I'm not gonna pretend to be a big old college guy. Pretty sure I never saw him play one time. So <laughs> you drafted why, he got drafted sixth. That's why I was asking you because I felt bad that he got drafted sixth, and I don't know shit about him. <laughs> when once he gets to the NBA, he starts playing, I'll form an instant gut opinion, and I'll have that stored for the next 15 years of his career. So I hope Absolutely. your first game's great, Benedict. Exactly. Um, we talked about potential trades, so let's get into that. Do you think that they're going to kind of keep the Buddy Heels, the Miles Turners, or do you think that they're going to make a trade and get worse? I look at the Pacers, and I see a reflection of the past few years of the Spurs, our squad. And it's a team that should definitely tank, but because they're a small market and we are ABA brothers, they will not. Also, Rick Carlisle is their coach. So, like, just like Popovich, Rick doesn't want to tank either. Last year, it was injury-riddled situations that ended up giving them that record. But they didn't trade Sabonis for just a bunch of picks from the Kings. They traded him for Halliburton. So, with Halliburton, with Heald, with Miles Turner, like I said, Chris Duarte, this team... Should not be doing this, but I think they're going to get better. <laughs> Do you see any scenario where they can keep some of those guys and trade for maybe a star or an almost star? God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they they fleece the Kings and now everyone's on high alert, right? They yeah. got Halliburton. They know what they have to do, and that's draft their superstar, and that's why they should yeah. be tanking. And they do a great job. Like, they got Paul George. They drafted Roy Hibbert. Um, they were going to draft Kawhi Leonard. Then True. Spurs traded for them. Uh, so this, maybe Matherin's the next guy. And I hope that for the Pacers. Because yeah. they do try to win all the time. Because he was great in college. Can't wait to see that translate <laughs> over to the NBA. For the, can't wait to see his face for the first time. Final final for the Indiana Pacers, better or worse? Better, just because of how bad that record was. Yeah, 25 games. That's very, that's not a lot at all. So I will say better. I am going to agree with you there. I think they kind of have any and all distractions out of the way. Like you said, they're not probably going to make any trades unless they want to get worse, in which case they're going to be way worse than 25 games probably. But I'm also going better. My better is like 98% because they have Rick Carlisle as a coach. Mm. Like if Rick Carlisle was the coach of the Magic or the Pistons, I would have said definitely better for both those teams, like way better. But neither of those franchises, the Magic or the Pistons, have the anchor. They don't have the guy that puts everyone in line, whether that's a player or a coach or a savvy bet. The Pacers do have that advantage with Coach Carlisle. So congrats, Pacers. Y'all are going to be better, according to 
Fake. dimes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of the bottom three. We're making a jump of about 10 games in the win column from uh, last year's standings to the Washington Wizards. They went 35 and 47. So this offseason, the Washington Wizards, they signed Taj Gibson, an old savvy vet, and DeLon Wright, a good, uh, good big guard. And they also obtained from the Nuggets, Will Barton and Monte Morris uh, in a trade in which they lost Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And uh, they also lost Thomas Bryant. That one's a surpriser to me. But like I like to say, the Thomas Bryant thing, it's like the Wizards had him in their house. They saw him. So if they're willing to let him go, and I guess they prefer Gafford, Mm -hmm. then okay, maybe that should tell us something. And he was hurt, and it was kind of like a little battle to see who was going to start but yeah they clearly like gafford and they're they're they kind of just traded with the nuggets a wing and a guard because they also sent away ish smith which i would say is an upgrade monte morris was one of the better guards for that pretty bad nuggets team last year so yeah talent to talent i agree for the wizards though i think they could use ish smith like monte morris is probably trying to prove himself a little more than the Wizards would want. This is, again, my problem with this team. If the complementary players respect Bradley Beal, then this could go extremely well. If they don't, and everyone's trying to get a bite of the apple, and no one wants to hand the apple over, so then everyone starts fighting over the apple, and then it falls in the river, and then that apple goes far, far away, and no one gets the apple, which I think is going to (laughs) happen. I think the Wizards are worse is what that analogy means. So you don't you don't think Bradley Beal's teammates respect him? I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, he makes a lot of money and you never know who respects who. What's it like to hang out with these guys and work with them as they are like co-workers as teammates? I've never heard a player say anything bad about Kyrie Irving. And I've never heard a media member say anything positive about Kyrie Irving. So obviously there's some disconnect there. So I don't know Bradley Beal at all, but I just think there's a lot of unproven guys on the wizards who are trying to prove themselves and trying to get their contract, whether it's Barton or Monte Morris or Kyle Kuzma or Corey Kispert or Rui Hachimura or Daniel Gafford or Bradley Beal or their rookie Johnny Davis. There's just too many guys. And again, maybe Wes Unsell Jr. is a great coach and can rally them and point them all in the same direction of let's win some games. But that's not the Wizards way. So I will say worse (laughs) for the Wizards. And I'm going to agree with you worse. I think Bradley Beal might have a little bit of a bounce back year, but without some guys around him, they're going to be worse. Yeah, the bottom of the East is going to, again, suck, as it has for a millennium. <laughs> exactly. Basically, our entire lives. Yeah. Um, it's just how big that bottom is. Let's quickly go through these last non-playoff teams from last year. We're jumping to the New York Knicks. Last year, they went 37-45, and 45, a disappointing season. Uh, compared to the year before that, they've added Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hartenstein uh, and lost, like we've said a couple times, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Kimba Walker, and uh, Taj Gibson. 
So I would say they made a big improvement getting Jalen Brunson. We'll see if he can head up their squad, kind of get everyone in line, right? Yeah. Them just having a true point guard is going to be really beneficial. They lost players that did not contribute to their winning and added Jalen Brunson and center depth with Hardenstein. So Yeah, exactly. And now you don't have to count on Julius Randle, who again had a down year, like to try and run the team. There's... Uh, talk that he might not even want to be on the team anymore but for right now he is so that pairing is going to be good with the ball less in his hands um for the Knicks we kind of talked about it earlier if you were running the Knicks would you put RJ in the trade for Donovan Mitchell yes like I like I said earlier his development will not accelerate it will decelerate if Donovan Mitchell is on the squad so it's kind of a no loss situation by giving them Barrett, if you get Mitchell and also one of the wings on that team on the Jazz, mm-hmm. that's a, I mean, that's just a chemistry upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. So for the Knicks, I'm going to have to say better because they just added a point guard. And I think the team's going to run a lot better now. Yeah, I would say better with potential to be way better, obviously, with Mitchell. Yeah. But certainly better. Awesome. Congratulations, Knicks. I'm excited to see it. So these Charlotte Hornets. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Last year they went 43 and 39. We were in the positives. In the plan. In the plan, even. For this offseason, they have been extremely, extremely quiet. Um, did you expect them to be this quiet? Um, no. In a way, they've been quiet. In a way, they've been extremely loud in what their players have been doing. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miles Bridges, his actions, his deplorable actions um, have just put a real stain and I think pause on the Hornets offseason. He's a restricted free agent. He has tons of salary cap tied up in them. No one has made him an offer correctly no one has made him an offer mm-hmm. i think honestly it might be time for the hornets to like waive his his rights so they don't have him on the cap anymore yeah i mean they have just a bunch of cap space they didn't do anything they just drafted they didn't do anything exactly and i think you're right that definitely contributed to why they haven't done anything everyone just kind of went on pause um and i don't necessarily see that changing on uh, super soon like you said unless they waive him let's just jump right to it do you think they're going to be better or worse they still got Lamelo ball they still got gordon hayward they got some other young guys and they just drafted center from duke who is the acc defensive player of the year might help him on the defensive end so what's what say you better or worse yeah definitely worse just i mean with my bridges gone with harold gone those are both were very productive nba players they have gordon hayward who keeps getting older and continues to get injured. And LaMelo Ball doesn't have the kind of game yet that can transform a franchise. Completely agree. Completely agree. They get a double worse. Sorry, Charlotte. A fun team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Man, I had no idea what to do with them. I stared at this one probably the longest of any team. Because they were really fun last year, started off super hot, and then faded a little bit, ended up in the play-in, and uh, didn't make it, right? Um, no. But this year, all their young players are getting a little better, we would assume. 
This offseason, the Cleveland Cavaliers, like we said earlier, they added Robin Lopez, Raul Neto, and Ricky Rubio. Uh, they didn't lose anybody. All of their young players just got older. I think we're in an almost a magic situation here with all of the rookies they have. They drafted, I'm going to nail this pronunciation. He was the 14th pick overall. We're both staring at the name right now. Starts with an O. Oh, guy. Agbia. Nailed it. <laughs> I accept no edits. And uh, Evan Mobley's little bro, Isaiah Mobley, in the second round. Totally. But those guys are competing against Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro, who are very similar players to those two guys. Colin Sexton has received an offer from them, but I, I, I still don't know. I have a plus dash or slash minus on my sheet. I don't know what to do. Maybe they'll be better. Maybe they'll be worse. I have no clue. JR, help me. Well, let's talk about Colin Sexton. Do you think that him returning or leaving is the difference maker in your decision? Or he's kind of irrelevant? I think that's a great question. I think if he... Uh, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Because unless he comes back and they give him the ball and take it away from Garland and Mobley, then that right. becomes extremely relevant. But if he's just a great low six man then then that doesn't really matter to me i don't like he's just like jordan clarkson small and can't play defense yeah i would think that they shouldn't want him to come back because before he was injured he was the ball dominant guy he had the ball all the time and when he was out guess who took his job uh darius garland all almost all-star or was an all-star great point guard incredibly young Yes. So when he comes back, he's going to be like, hey, guys, remember when I had the ball? It's like they're like, yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. So I think they should maybe not sign him. But like you said, maybe it doesn't matter either way, better or worse for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, it it depends if Mobley's a real superstar, if he just took the lead by storm last year or by surprise, I should say and he's about to go into a sophomore slump, or if he's a true superstar, and he's not going to go into a slump. He's going to continue to get better. I think... uh, I don't know what I think. Uh, uh, Mobley is a real superstar. Plus, they're going to get better. They're going to get better. (laughs) I'm going to agree. I think they're going to get better. All their young guys just got better. I'm kind of on the fence with Mobley. Not if he's good or not. He's obviously a great player, but he's great in the way that, like, Bam Adebayo is a, is a star. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't like really shine in one particular area. He kind of does everything. Like he's not going to be your leading scorer. He's like really good at defense, right? But he's not like the shining superstar. He just is a really great teammate and player to have on your team. He's more Bam Al Horford than he is KG Tim Duncan. There we go. That'd and be a pretty he, good outcome for the Cavs. Either way. Right. <laughs> but they would certainly prefer the other one, the KG direction. <laughs> We're moving on to teams that did make the playoffs, who actually had the same record as the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Brooklyn Nets, who we talked about at the top of this episode, 44 and 38 last season. Um, do we think that Durant and Irving are going to start the season on the Brooklyn Nets? I have no clue. I mean, I think they should. If I was Josiah, I'd be doing exactly what he is doing. We'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. Not trading them unless I get a pure gold stamp lock superstar. And yeah. if, if they come back, 
they're absolutely better. If they don't come back, they're absolutely worse. But just they should still play. We've never seen them play with Ben Simmons. If it's Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and the rest of the guys they signed this summer, then yeah, they're going to be better. Their season was a disaster last year. If they don't have Kevin Durant, if they don't have Kyrie Irving, then yeah, they're going to be worse. It's just those two guys. So I, I don't have an answer for this one because it's so up in the air. Totally. I agree. Kyrie Irving, like we said, picked up the option. He's not requested a trade. Durant has many years left on his deal. If they don't get a franchise-altering return, guess what? They're probably going to say, hey, you better suit up and play. Do you really want to sit out for a whole season? You know, you're getting a little older. Do you want to waste a year? So he's probably going to end up playing. I don't see them trading him before the season. So I'm going to say... This is a very hard one. Can I say that they're exactly the same? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly the same is basically like we have no idea what's going to happen because last yeah. year going at this point, we had no idea what was going to happen. We didn't know if Kyrie Irving was going to play. We didn't know if James Harden's hamstring was going to hurt the whole year and then demand a trade to go to the 76ers. So yeah, I think, I think equal is a good answer for them. Real quick, they did add TJ Warren and Royce O'Neal and they lost Bruce Brown and Andre Drummond. So, you know, if you like one of those players or not, maybe you think they got better or worse. I think it's a pretty neutral in and out. Um, so that's, I'm staying on the neutral. I think they're going to be just about as good. Uh, if they get all this resolved and somehow end up keeping their stars and they're happy, then obviously the sky's the limit, but we'll have to wait and see. God, then that's so frustrating. <laughs> totally. Because they, they could have been so good and it immediately fell apart. They were for that, like those 16 games or whatever with James Harden, Kyrie and Durant. It was like, oh, cool. This is impossible. Like, this, like how is this happening? Right. Uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on to the Atlanta Hawks. Last season went 43 and 39 in free agency. They added Aaron Holiday, Frank Kaminsky, traded for Maurice Harkless, Justin Holiday, and our very own DeJounte Murray. In the arms of an angel, that's all I know. <laughs> Who, by the way, seems to be very excited about his new team. He's making a lot of noise this summer, playing in Ooh. these summer games, clowning people, clowning the number one overall pick, saying he's soft. <laughs> A lot of Instagram back and forth, people asking us as Spurs fans, like, hey, like, what's up? Is this kind of what we got? And we're just like, I don't know. When you come on the Spurs, your social media gets taken away. It gets put through a very fine filter where you get like, you could send out a Spurs logo once a week and like a family pick. Spurs keep it on lockdown. I've never seen this side of Murray before. Yeah, he's he's letting loose. And if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan, you probably love to see it. You're getting this player that's young, was an all-star, who's excited about his new situation. He's going to play his ass off, right? I mean, he hasn't been impacting winning basketball teams in years. Like when the Spurs were still winning, he was extremely young and most of the time did not play because there was Tony Parker was still around. So, yeah, I think this is going to be kind of the the honeymoon for the first few months where Marie maybe doesn't care about his stats as much. He's willing to grind 
But if they start losing and Trey Young's jacking up those 35 footers, which like Murray has never seen from someone on his team ever, never, <laughs> it could get saucy. But overall, I would say better, just like you got Murray and you didn't have to give away very much at all. Yeah, let's talk about that uh, DeJounte Murray, Trey Young dynamic real quick. Do you think Trey Young's going to be able to adopt somewhat of an off-ball role? No, <laughs> no, I do not. I just, he hasn't done it ever, ever. He just, he won't do it. He can't. It, I... <laughs> and I don't think he should. I, I agree with you, and I don't think he should. DeJounte should assume all off-ball off ball roles, play defense, and, you know, if Trey gets cold or if the defense is really shutting him down, kind of like we saw last season, the ball's always in his hands and he does get stopped. That's when you shoot it out to DeJounte and make him do a little creating. But primarily, Trey should have the ball. They, The head coach of the Hawks needs to Instagram DM Mike D'Antoni and ask him for his rotations for James Harden and Chris Paul. Because that's what they need to do. Murray should run the second unit. And if yeah. he's not, they've made a crucial mistake and are wasting his talents. Absolutely. Because Murray's been running second and third units for years in San Antonio. <laughs> <sighs> that was a sad slam on myself. I just had to say it because it was just really, just really right there in front of me. Can't wait to see it. Going to be watching a lot of Hawks games this year. Whatever. <laughs> did, we, did you say better or worse? I said better. <laughs> I said better are. as well. Because they will be, exactly. Moving on, I want to stop talking about DeJounte, and we're going to the Chicago Bulls. Last season, they went 46-36. and 36, And in this offseason, they added Andre Drummond, Goran Dragic, uh, drafted Dale and Terry 18th overall, and they lost Troy Brown Jr. Any big thoughts about their free agency? I thought... They did great. They added on the exterior and are better. Just boom. That's what I got. Exactly. Filled out, filled out their bench, uh, have extra guys to come in. My question for you about the Chicago Bulls is, do you think DeMar is going to finish second or third in MVP voting? <laughs> Honestly, number one, how dare you? And, and number two, I think this team is actually going to be very good. Let's let's hear it real quick. They got Lonzo. They got Zach Levine. They got DeMar. They got Patrick Williams back healthy. They got Vucevic. There's not a weak spot in that starting lineup. In the True. bench, Goran Dragic, Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., Andre Drummond. Again, those are all rotation players, and a lot of teams would be happy with those guys starting. Yeah. I think this team... Like, if DeMar was 15% better and was what you just said, that second or third MVP voting, this team would be in title contention. But he's not. He's right below that. He's in that second or third tier of superstar. But, man, they're just right there. And I think regular season team, like, this is it. Dictionary definition of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe this is the year that Zach Levine will overtake him and be the leader of that team. Maybe he'll finish in the MVP voting. Yeah. Uh, 
but we think better, huh? I think definitely better. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely better. I'd be shocked if they were worse because all they did was get their free agents are better than they were. Like, they're just their roster is better and they should be healthier. I mean, just absolutely better. Gotcha. Nick, so star that one and put it in the archives in case like, this <laughs> Bulls start three and 18. <laughs> well, let's have uh, some good vibes out there. Let's see if you can get to 50 wins. That'd be a four game improvement, Chicago. Yeah. We're already at the fifth seed, <laughs> chugging right along the Toronto Raptors. Last season, they almost hit 50 wins, 48 and 34. In the offseason, they got Juancho, Hernan Gomez, Otto Porter Jr., and DJ Wilson. And they drafted Christian Coloco in the second round. So, fun name. Love that name. Initial thoughts about the uh, Toronto Raptors? I think it's kind of the same as the Bulls, where they did just add extra people, extra peeps. So on the surface, it would make you think, okay, well, they're just going to be better. Otto Porter Jr., Juancho, movie star, Hernan mm-hmm. Gomez. Mm-hmm. And their coach is great, Nick Nurse. But they didn't add what I think they needed most, and that is guard depth. Fred Van Vliet was averaging like 40 minutes per game. It was pretty wild. So it's my, just my initial thoughts on them. It's like good in general additions but not exactly what the team needed yeah i think it's going to be almost the exact same story as last year i think they're going to be i mean a really good you know regular season team and some people might have really high hopes for them in the playoffs Uh, i know i did Um, but i think ultimately if they don't make some changes they might have a disappointing exit uh another year in a row um better or worse for the toronto raptors I just think worse. There's not that extra thing like the Bulls had with Dragic and Drummond, who just kind of mixed it up a little bit. So I I just think worse. It's too many mouths to feed. They don't fit well together. Nick Nurse is a great coach. I, I hate to say worse, especially with Scotty Barnes, like in theory, getting better. But if they could flip OG Ananobi for another guard, then like way better. And just that one thing could change yeah. so much. But when you look at their guard depth, like like we're doing right now, it's like, wow, who is below Fred Van Vliet? Yeah, who you trust and can handle the ball and make a play. Exactly. So worse, worse, sadly I'm, worse. Sadly, I'm agreeing worse. And it's not even so much about the Raptors. I think they've stayed pretty neutral. Um, but I think the teams that are near below them got better. So I don't see them uh, being able to stay up there. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we'll talk about the top four teams. Welcome back. We are going to jump into the top four, starting out with the Philadelphia 76ers. We finally reached teams that have won 50 games. They went 51 and 31. In the offseason, they added Daniel House Jr., PJ Tucker, and Trevlin Queen. And they also traded the Grizzlies for D'Anthony Melton. I think that. 
Philadelphia 76ers probably are very upset with the way last season ended, given their uh, star center finished almost in first place in MVP voting. James Harden, I'm sure, has a lot to prove still. And they have a young uh, star budding in Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Carter, do you think that there's any chance Harden might be the third best player on this team next season and oh. Maxi takes up the reins as Joel Embiid's superstar partner? No, no, I don't think so. James Harden is a very, very good basketball player. He's an MVP. He's averaged 30 points per game in this league. He's incredibly adaptable. And if Maxi was going to get better, that, that improvement will be slowed by James Harden just existing on his squad. There were not a lot of young guys that had long careers because of James Harden. That is true. That is true. Uh, that was mostly for fun, but I think Maxi might make a bigger jump. And let's not forget about Tobias Harris. Um, I think this team is fired up, ready to go. At some point, teams will have to be making decisions about Doc Rivers mm. uh, as their head coach. Um, he has that one championship that he keeps hanging his hat <laughs> on. And his teams generally do make the playoffs, but always seem to fall short of where everyone expects them to. So uh, I think they're fired up. They won 51 games last season. I think that they're going to be even better. I think Joel Embiid is still getting better. Harden might be in shape, like we say every year, but he's going to be back and healthy. Like I said, Tyrese Maxey's going to make a big leap. I'm going better. What say you? Yeah, I agree with basically everything you said. Joel Embiid is a motivator, and he is a lead by example and also lead by the other way, telling people what to do. He does both things. It's very right. clear. Joel Embiid <laughs> is a great, great franchise player. He's everything you want from that. The addition of DeAnthony Milton will boost their bench. And they, they, Doc Rivers, he did a great job already of always having two of Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, and Joel Embiid on the floor. They're going to get more used to each other. Hopefully, they'll be healthy. The one thing I worry about is they do not have a backup center at all. Right. And now, they should rest Joel Embiid. They should. Now that he's in shape, he's seeming to be able to play more of the game. But everyone needs a backup center, no matter who you are. Um, so I yeah. agree. And they got think... Millsap, they got Charles Bassey or Basie, but their actual centers left in free agency, Dwight Howard, Lamar Soldiers, Whiteside, hopefully they pick up one of those guys. Whether they do or don't, this team is better. Right. You just need someone to play like five to ten minutes. Yeah. Moving along to the Milwaukee Bucks, same record as the Sixers, 51 and 31. This offseason, they picked up Joe Ingles some good wing depth, some shooting, some veteran presence. Um, this team probably was supposed to make it to the finals again. Um, they had some bad luck with injuries, and Giannis is incredible, but even he couldn't get the job done. Um, we're expecting everyone to be healthy going into next season, obviously. We don't expect injuries to happen. Um, after this next season is all said and done, are we still going to be saying Giannis is the best player on earth? Oh, wow. I think I'll give it a hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know who would surpass him, and he's in a great situation. No one's taking the ball from him. Middleton's not even going to start the season healthy. So, yeah, 
I don't, I, yeah, Giannis, yes. So, so you, there's like not a chance that Embiid or Jokic or Doncic, maybe Ja makes a huge leap. I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but you don't see anyone. You think he's that far ahead? I mean, yeah. Unless he would just have to get so much worse in my mind. Like it, it mm. this is, I feel like we're in the LeBron territory where it's like, he may not be MVP every year, but he's the best player, especially before Giannis is 30. Like he's nowhere near like the downswing of this. And Jokic, I, I mean, we've already seen what he can do. That's two time MVP. Doncic would be the one I would think about maybe possibly crowning, but until he, you know, fights through a screen, no <laughs> dice. <laughs> it's the two-way play. All these other players are good on one, you know, and pretty good at both. But Giannis is kind of the best at both. So I like it. I think they're going to be better. I think 51 was honestly pretty low. And I think everyone healthy. I think they're mad that they didn't win or at least make it to the championship. A lot of these top teams, I'm giving them a lot of motivation for what they didn't do, what they didn't accomplish. I think they all think very highly of themselves. So I think they're really going to come in hot. I think they're going to win more than 51 games. I agree. More than 51, Joe Ingles, and also their rookie, Marshawn Bochamp. The little I do know about him is that he had very like tough career up to this point. He was in the G League, but... His talent, his pure raw talent is not the thing that made him drop to 24th. He's extremely talented. And if he is in an A-plus organization following the lead of Giannis, who knows how to work from someone who is extremely raw and get into the best player in the league, that I mean, I can't picture a better situation for him. So that could lead with Joe Ingles to tons of wing depth, which is what everyone in the league needs, just wing depth, drink. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so congrats to the milwaukee bucks better we are gonna jump up to last year's number one seed the miami heat because they had a pretty uneventful offseason they also did not make it to the finals i was just gonna say the word blase <laughs> that's, all, that's all i was gonna say they had a very blase offseason <laughs> so let's let's get them out of the way they did have the best record 53 and 29 um but all they did was show up to the draft. They drafted Nikola Jovic. Oh. Uh, might be good just based on the name, although 27th overall, we'll have to see. <laughs> um, everyone on their teams, Jimmy Butler's a little older. Kyle Lowry's a little bit older. Bam might be getting better. And they had the sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, shooting the lights out. Do you pay Hero now? as he's in the last year of his rookie deal, or do you wait till he's a free agent? Or and do you pay him at all? You you gotta sign him. You can't miss, you can't lose the asset. If you're the Heat, you just let P.J. Tucker walk away. You can't lose the asset. It's an asset game. You can't let him walk. Sign him. Do you think that they should be trying to trade him for someone? Because... I look at him and I think he's really young. He obviously has room to improve. But if you think that he's kind of peaking, if he can't get much better at the defensive end, like he's already a spot, like a knockdown shooter, he's not, not get that much like bigger and stronger and better at defense. Like, do you want to cash in on that now? Or do you think he's too good of an asset and you think he can help you win? I used to like Tyler Hero a lot. 
I haven't seen the improvement that I think a lot of people were hoping for slash expecting. If he can be the centerpiece in a Donovan Mitchell trade, call it into the league office right now, Miami. Yeah. But I don't think he can. I think a lot of, <laughs> I think he's a lot more famous than he is valuable. That's a very good point. Everyone loves his mean mugging in the bubble and whatnot, you know, but here's the thing. The <laughs> but here's the thing. He's a sixth man. And like we said, he's probably going to get a little bit better, but he might be closer to his peak than a lot of other younger players just because of his size and his lack of defense. So, um, but if you're going to keep him, I agree. You got to pay him now. Yeah, definitely don't let him walk. The Heat are a great franchise. And they've, whenever, like, in the immediate aftermath of LeBron James leaving and uh, Chris Bosh having to retire, they signed a bunch of players that were not very good to extremely big and large contracts. That didn't hurt them. Like, now they have Jimmy Butler and Bam. So, like, it worked out. Yeah. Like, they had that Deion Waiters contract, the... Oh, who, what was the other guy? I can't remember, but there was one more that was like Jordan Clarkson, but it wasn't. Like, he doesn't do anything anymore, but now he's just gone. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Pat Riley's a genius. Eric Spolcher's a great coach. It's going to work out. Sign Tyler Hero. Don't lose the asset. And a lot of people said that they might have overachieved last year, getting that number one seed, 53 wins. Uh, better or worse this next season for the Miami Heat? They have to be worse. When they don't have that power forward position locked down, when they cannot work as a perfect chemistry team, it's going to be worse. When you don't have a superstar and you rely on the chemistry, if one piece is gone, everything crumbles. And P.J. Tucker was that piece. Worse. Somehow, P.J. Tucker was that piece. We're going worse. <laughs> and that Mark brings- Morris, If Marquise Morris comes back, because right now he's a free agent, if he comes back and actually plays and could fill in that PJ Tucker role, then honestly, maybe better. Like it's just that one power forward role where I don't know who's going to be there right now. They could change everything, but right now worse because Marquise Morris is not on the team. Balls in your hand, Miami <laughs> heat. Who are you going to sign? <laughs> the last team that we have to get to fresh off a of finals appearance, the Boston Celtics, the second seed last year, 51 wins. They've been pretty active um, in free agency. They signed Danilo Gallinari after the Spurs waived him. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Adding some veteran shooting. Uh, no defense, though. And they also <laughs> uh, made a pretty big trade for Malcolm Brogdon, uh, but really only giving up players that didn't play at all on their path to the finals. So that was a great pickup for them, just adding a great guard spot um without losing much of what you need to do to win um do you think that with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon there's going to be any competition for a starting guard spot with Marcus Smart good god no <laughs> absolutely not Marcus Smart if he was 100% healthy they may have won the finals <laughs> I mean, he is the heart and soul of that team. And if they try to put him on the bench after last season, after his, he was proven right that he could be the point guard for this team, a team that is get, gets taken to the finals, and then they get put on the bench, no way. And, you know, if anyone, if you haven't listened to the Fantasy Pod on Monday, check it out. But I went in on Malcolm Brogdon hard. This guy does not play basketball games. <laughs> 
change of scenery. Maybe the Celtics training staff is way better. He doesn't get hurt as much, but I have to agree. Uh, just wanted to throw it out there. What if, you know, Marcus Smart's cold, his shooting falls off like it always had been prior to last season. So they're going to be back. Their defense is going to be awesome still. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, a year older, more experience after this final trip. I think they're going to be way better this next season. 51 wins was a lot, but I think they're going to be be pretty dang good this next season. You know, here's the thing. So I want to save them for last. What happens if Al Horford gets injured for 40 games? I just think that obviously he's old and can get in. I just think they're going to rest him a bunch and the regular season doesn't matter as much. Right. But I'm looking at their I'm looking at their roster right now. And I see two guys who can play center, Al Horford, Robert Williams. And then I see one other guy that I've heard of by the name of Luke Cornett. <laughs> and he looks like he looks like a string bean. <laughs> He's 7'2. And I I I hear you with Brogdon and Gallinari. That's good. That's better than what they had before. But when we're actually talking about, like, is the team better? I would say the same or worse. Because in the end, you know, I'm saying nothing about Al Horford, but like in the end, they're going to, there's just going to be five of them. It's going to be Smart. It's going to be Brown. It's going to be Tatum. It's going to be Williams. It's going to be Horford. That hasn't changed. And I don't think the skill level of those players has dramatically changed. If anything, Horford's gotten a little worse. And the chemistry between Brown and Tatum has not... They're not best friends. Maybe they can work together, but they are certainly not like Tony, Manu, and Timmy, which is a high bar. They're not Kobe and Shaq. They're somewhere in between. Right. So I'm thinking... This team, who worked their ass off the back half of the season, defense, ground down, believed in it, and that failed them pretty harshly in the finals and in the Eastern Conference finals. They had to take heat seven. I don't know. I'm feeling worse about this team, mainly because I don't think Brogdon could play. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is true. If Brogdon ends up being hurt again, then... They are going to be worse. Because who they did lose in that trade was Tice. True. Right? So Tice was their backup big. Yeah, Uh yeah. Do you think that of the remaining free agents, let's say they they sign Dwight Howard, does that kind of satisfy your need for a backup big? Yeah. I mean, for them, I would kind of prefer LaMarcus Aldridge Mm -hmm. because the thing they're wanting is always offense. Yeah like what they're wanting for and i mean like what they need i guess yeah um so horford maybe but yes a backup big would help them but i i just don't think their five their starting five didn't change i could see Mm -hmm. joe ingles being in that starting or finishing five of the bucks i could see pj tucker and Tobias Harris playing next to each other in a final five of the 76ers. I don't think this five of the Celtics is any different. 
I mean, it's not. I can see that as well. So I'm going better. You are going worse. I'm going maybe leaning no. I'm going worse. All right. We got some disagreements here. We'll see. We'll keep track of this, Nick. Keep track of this for us. We'll see at the very end of the season <laughs> what's yeah. happening. I will say, forgot to add, I think Jalen Brown might learn how to dribble. I think that might be an excellent upgrade for them to be better. Should certainly be at the top of his list. If it's not, dribbling 101 with Jalen Brown. Well, there you have it. <laughs> the better or worse for all those teams now again these weren't in tiers we're just thinking are they better or are they worse if you disagree with us agreed with us just want to share the love tweet at us at dimespod or email us dimespod at gmail.com we really want to know which team you thought had the best offseason in the east make sure you stay tuned hit that follow button Hit that like button on Apple Podcasts, that follow on Spotify to make sure you don't miss any episode because next week, guess what? We're doing the West. Lastly, I want to say thanks for all the support you, our wonderful listeners, have given us this past week. We really appreciate it. It's really fun watching the numbers rise and downloads and streams and whatnot. We ask you to continue to listen hopefully you enjoyed this pod and the others and you know share it with a friend who likes basketball or synthesizer music or fun logos or just two pals talking about a thing they love with that i will say goodbye to you jr and i'll say goodbye to the listeners goodbye (laughs) 